You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. Back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind you, you can submit your questions uh, during the show. We will answer those before we wrap up. Without any further ado, I'd like to welcome in today's guest. We have former Winston-Salem State Ram. He is a former Baltimore Bull as well as New York Nick. He is one half of the Rolls-Royce backcourt a four-time All-Star, NBA champion, Basketball Hall of Famer. We've got Mr. Earl the Pearl Monroe. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Nice to be here. Oh, of course. First things first, how are you? I'm coming along. You know, it's uh, pandemic is, you know, slowing up, so everything is getting to be a lot better. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, now you recently joined the the Twitter world. How, how do you like it so far? <laughs> well, the Twitter world is interesting. You know, um, you know, I, I I hate to I hate to put all my my business you know out in the street like this, but, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, you know, I, it's a lot of things that I've that I've said in the past, and uh, nobody's heard it. Now I've got a right. chance to say it, and and people will start hearing it. So right. it's a good thing. Right. So how did that come about? Was that your idea? Did somebody, a family member, somebody push you toward that? Um, my daughter, um, you know, she kind of pushed me to it. And uh, uh, it was it was cool. I mean, you know, she's, you know, we were sitting around and I'm talking about the game and so mm. forth. And she says, uh, well, why don't you let some people know what you're talking about? There you go. And uh, I said, well, you know. You know how I am about trying to be a private person and whatnot, but uh, you know it, it, it's cool. It's um, I'm able to to do a little bit. I I could do much more. Mm. Um, I'm 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 want to ease my way into it. There you go. Um, so, um, but I like I said, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, from some of your tweets, you've been keeping up with with definitely the the Knicks game. You've been watching all the playoffs. I'm guessing. Well, I, I do watch the playoffs. Uh, you know, I've been watching the Knicks, but you know, I, I'm I'm a I'm a TV guy. So mm. you know, the good thing is to be home where you can channel surf. Right. You know? <laughs> right. You go back and forth, whatnot. But you know, I've I've been enjoying the Knicks uh, for the most part. Down, uh, you know, this year um, they played really well. Um, they they've come together, and certainly in in a way where nobody expected them to. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy for you know not only the team but for you know New York fans. Hmm. So what do you think they uh, need to do to take that next step? They they lost a tough one last night. They went out in the first round four uh, one to the Hawks. So what do you, what do you think they they need to do to to take that next step? I you know I I thought they had come together pretty well 
And I thought, you know, maybe they needed another so-called superstar or type of guy. But, um, you know, they've gotten a lot of guys this year. Um, have got a lot of um, uh, playing time. So, you know, that's going to figure in, I guess, as well as to what they're going to try and do next year. I mean, you look at a big man, you, you look at, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson, you know, he's been out for the latter part of the year. Um, uh, Noel, Nerlens Noel, he comes in and he does a real admirable job. Um, you know, is that something that they're going to, you know, do? Or are they going to, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of up in the air because in today's game, you know, positions are so interchangeable. Right. You know, there are no real, no real big centers, so to speak. There's a couple, but, you know, in, in 30 teams, you know, you still don't have, you know, a lot of dominating centers and whatnot. So when you look at the game and how the game is played, the game is played in a spread out, you know, format. So you got guys that are breaking down, the, the, you know, the defense, you know, instead of shooting the layup, they're kicking the ball out to the, to the wing and, you know, try to get a three-pointer. So, you know, the, you know, size and speed and whatnot is, is you know, kind of interchangeable in this game. Mm. Now, do you think you – you think you would favor like playing more in this game? You know, like you said, more spread out now. You know, in, in your day, if you got to the lane, uh, you were probably going to lay it up. You weren't looking to kick it out to anybody. Uh, no, I mean, you know, it's a bad play to kick it out to somebody who can't make the shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, so, yeah, you know, I, I would thrive in this here, you know, because, you know, for the most part, you know, this is the kind of game I brought into the NBA. Hmm. Definitely. <laughs> so was that, I mean, was it just like natural to you though? Like you, it was just the game, like you kind of always like in high school growing, cause you got a, if I'm not mistaken, you got a relatively late start to basketball. Like you were a soccer, uh, baseball yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I played all that, you know, pretty much. And, uh, I was 14 years old, and and I was walking down the hall, and the basketball coach saw me. I was six foot three, pretty much the same, you know, height I am now. He saw me and said, "Hey, do you play basketball?" And I said, "No, sir." So he said, "Well, why don't you come down to the gym, to, you know, this evening, you know?" And um, so I said, "Okay." I went down, and you know, most of my guys were playing basketball as it was. So um, you know, I got there and I. You know, I liked it. Um, I, I was terrible, but I liked it. <laughs> you know, I kept, and I kept at it because I just, um, I didn't like being that bad. Right. That, that, that's what motivated you. No doubt. No doubt. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I used to come home and cry to my mom, you know, about how the guys are dogging me and whatnot. Mm. And my mom gave me a little notebook. And okay. in the notebook, she said, this is her just jot down those names of guys that are, you know, dogging you out and so forth and so on. And as you get better, you know, start scratching them out. Okay. And uh, that was, that was also a big motivating thing for me because as I start scratching them out, I, 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 first of all, I was getting better and I knew I was getting better and just wanted to get more, you know, even more better. So how long did you did you keep the notebook? Like, did you do that in college and the pros? Do you still have the notebook? Are you still yeah, scratch? I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know the names. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you can so, still remember some of those names. So you know all those guys. You know in in junior high school and high school. You mm-hmm. know I didn't play 
I didn't play uh, varsity until the second half of my junior year in high school. So, you know, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of guys that I had to come through. <laughs> right. But you but you still remember the names. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I still go back. You know, my guys in Philly, we talk all the time. So, you know, those names keep coming up over and over again. Right. Now, uh, you mentioned grew up in Philly, uh, made your way down to Winston-Salem State. Like, how had that how that turn about? Well, a guy who used to play at Winston-Salem saw me play. And um, I was going to try go try out for the old ABL, um, Philadelphia Tapers or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> now you hear the, the tapers folded, the whole league folded. <laughs> So I was like stranded, you know, and uh, so I went to prep school and so forth and so on. A guy saw me there. Um, he asked me if I wanted to go to Winston-Salem. And I had never been south. I had never heard of Winston-Salem. So, you know, I told him, you know, no, not now. You know, and, and he came back again later on. And and by this time I had a, I was working. I, was, I had dropped out of school. I was working. And I was making a dollar fifteen cent an hour. What so, kind of work were you doing? I was at a knitting mill, you know, okay. turning turning knits, you know, mm. going through this shaft of things and turning knits over and things like that. So I, um, you know, he came back to me and I, I, I waited. I said, Shus, if I miss a day, I'm only making $26 a week. So, so, <laughs> right. what's so the, yeah, what's the worst that got happen? Right, I could do better than this here. So I said, "Well, listen, if my man could go down with me, I'll go." And uh, we went down, you know, to school. Uh, I didn't realize that when I went down, though, you know, we we weren't on scholarship. We was <laughs> you just there, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and once we. Well, you know, once we got down there, we found out that we had to make the team, and finally we did make the team, and then we, you know, enrolled in school. Now, how, how did you all find that out? I'm just trying to imagine you guys surprised finding out that once you got there, it's like, oh, we still got work to do. How did, how did you all find that out? Yeah, that was a little interesting, you know, because, you know, we spent our little money to come down on the train, uh-huh. and you know, now we find out we ain't really got a slot, you know. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, we just, you know, took it in stride. I mean, we were there, so we had to do what we had to do. We played. We played, you know, pickup games with um, guys that were on the team. We played pickup games with the guys in the, in the city. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess Coach saw us and decided that, hey, you know, I think they could make it. And uh, one day he said, this would go down and see the dean. And he'll try to straighten you out and whatnot. You got to take your SATs, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, if you pass that, you know, you're in. And then you can pay your tuition for your first year. <laughs> <laughs> we give you the privilege of, uh, of, of paying your, your tuition for the first year. No doubt. No doubt. So I did, you know, but the second half, since I was playing, I, I decided I wasn't going to pay anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, you mentioned coach, uh, play for Hall of Fame coach Clarence Big House Gaines. What do you remember just in general about playing for him? Um, he was a tough guy. Um, you know, he was what's about six, four, five, and about 300 pounds. So mm-hmm. 
it wasn't too much, uh, you know, you know, playing around with him. Uh, right. But uh, you know, the biggest thing, nutshell, is that he was uh, he was a real coach and a father figure. Mm. And I think the the father figure, you know, you know, really stood out because a lot of us guys who went down there, you know, you know, we we didn't have our fathers there with us, you know, uh, you know, in life per se. Right. And uh, he was that guy to try and teach us, you know, what we should do and how we could do things and uh, what was right and what was wrong. So mm. uh, he was a big influence, uh, you know, for me, you know, in my life. Mm. Now, while you were there, you your last year, you averaged 42 points a game in college. So I, got, I feel like I got to ask, why'd you stop there? Why not, you know, 43, 47, 50? Why, why, why'd you stop there? Well, I could only go to school for four years. So the next year, that would have been that 50. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You were saving up for it. You were waiting for that, that, that last know, year. I went, from, I went from 8 to 23 to 30 to 42. So, okay. So, you know, the next one had to be another plateau. Right, right. Now, you did that, you know, no three-point line. Like, do you you regret that? Like, you wish you had a three-point line? Are you you fine with the area you played in? How do, how do you feel about that? No, I'm fine with the era, you know, I mean, you know, and, you know, HBCUs in, in, in that time of uh, history, you know, they, that's where all the ball players were. Right. Uh, you know, you went out, when you played against some somebody, you you know, every game was against guys that, that could play. Right. And, uh, and everybody was trying to get their reputation on. So, you know, it, it was good. It was like, you know, we had, you know, we were a small school, but we had opportunity to play against, uh, like, Wake Forest mm -hmm. uh, uh, at, like, 12 o'clock at night because, you know, black schools and white schools weren't playing against each other. Right. You know, but we went over there and we played them, so we kind of knew kind of where we were. Right. You know, like judging your own competition you know, level. Exactly. So, you know, that was good for us. Mm. Now, it wasn't really, you know, as prevalent back then. But we see it more so now, like guys, you know, going one year of school, two years of school, and then going pro. Was that ever even an option back then? Or you knew, like, going in, it's like, I'm going you know, I'm to I'm ride this school thing out as long as I can, or? Well, I mean, it wasn't about, you know, when you're, you know, I, I kind of let, let things, you know, I was like a, a pinball machine, you know? <laughs> you know, if it's going this way, that's where I'm going. If it goes this way, that's where I'm going. Yeah, go with the flow. Follow the flow. Gotcha. Um, I don't, th you know, we didn't think about it being as such a, um, you know, going pro. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about it. First of all, it was only twelve teams, right? Okay, pro teams, and they had the quota system, so there wasn't how many black guys going to play pro, <laughs> right? You know. So most of the guys that, that played during that time that were really good players, they played in what they called the Eastern League. And uh -huh. um, whereas they would play, they would work for a company and play for that company, you know, during the weekends or whatever the case may be. Okay. And guys probably made more money, you know, doing it that way than being in the, than being in the pros. Right. Now, what was it? Uh, talk to me more about the, the quota system. Well, the quota mm. system was that you, you know, you only had to have, you could only have X amount of black players on your team. 
Right. And um, and as I came in, that that we were kind of like at sixes. We could get six black players on the team, mm. and uh, that was the max. Right. But then, by, but then by the time I retired uh, from the Knicks, in my last year at the Knicks, we had twelve black players on the team because we had one a white player who was on the injured list. So we had twelve, <laughs> and it was a, something in the papers. They called us the Niggerbockers. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what was that like for you? We were full circle. Man. Yeah, I was gonna say, what, what was that like for you coming in? Whereas you know, when you start, you can only have but so many, and when you leave, that's all there is. What was that like? Well, you, you know, you saw the league changing. I mean, as the league changed, you know, first of all, you had the, the ABA came, mm-hmm. you know, started to come up, and it, then you had the merger, which brought more black guys in, and so forth and so on. But you know, you kind of knew it's just like going, to, you know, being in school. In the South, you knew what you could do and you know what you couldn't do. You knew right. where to go and where you couldn't go. Right. So, you know, that was kind of, you know, the way things were at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and, and just getting back to that time, you know, before I got there, you know, the black guys that were in the, they, that were in the league for the most part, mm-hmm. those guys were big stars in, in, in their, you know, respective schools. Right. And they had to take, like, more or less – subservient roles in order to play in, 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 in the NBA. You know, guys that were scoring 25, 30 points a game or whatnot. Right, take that step back. In the NBA, he was a, he was a, he became a defensive specialist. Right. You know, and, you know, so guys had to go through that whole rigmarole or go to the Globetrotters, you know, or go to the Eastern League. Hmm. Now, I feel like you're mostly remembered as a Nick, but you did start in Baltimore. Uh, so, what do you remember about entering the league? You know, as a as a bullet, the Baltimore Bullets. Then, uh, well, I remember my first my first game uh, in Baltimore. We had uh, my alumni association. They was you know a lot of people went to uh, Winston Salem down in, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They had Lionel Hampton playing, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the game and uh, and so forth and so on. And we played against, um, you know, the team that I looked at when I came up, which was the Boston Celtics. Okay. And so we played against, um, you know, Russell and mm-hmm. Sam Jones and, and so forth and so on. You know, those guys. Um, it was a kind of surreal night. Right. Um, I can remember, that, you know, my first two shots being blocked by Russell. <laughs> right. You know, hey, come on. And it's kind of an honor, though, right? Like it's there's no honor getting your shot. <laughs> guys get have a lot of you know reputation and whatnot, but it, I got a rep too, you know? right? Right. So, so, so the third time I went up on a, on a, came down on the left hand side of the basket and to do a right handed shot, and he was there again. So I turned my body and. I flicked the ball up on on the backboard and it spun and spun in the basket. So I said, "You can't get them all, big fella." <laughs> he hollered, you get down the court, he's hollering, "Yeah, but two out of three is pretty good, ain't it?" <laughs> yeah, that ain't bad. That. Ain't... <laughs> what do you remember about uh, just Baltimore as a not even basketball wise, just Baltimore as, as a city, just being there and living there? 
Yeah, I, I like Baltimore. Um, you know, you know, Baltimore is a place that they brought the slaves to be broken. So, <laughs> and so, um, you know, there was a lot of things in Baltimore, and it was just like being down south almost. You, you had your white sections, you had your black sections, right. and um, you knew where to go, you knew where you couldn't go. Right. Uh, but I enjoyed it. The people, the people were pretty warm in Baltimore for mm-hmm. the most part, uh, you know. And, and um, you know, it was it's, it was a great time to be in a place like it has so much culture, so to speak. You know, you had Baltimore Street, you know, with the burlesque and all that kind mm-hmm. of. Stuff. And you you had then you had uptown. You had Pennsylvania Avenue. That's where the blacks were. They had all the like. The, 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 that's where all the um, recording stars and okay. came, and that's where they hung out and so forth. And uh, it was a it was a great you know great a great time in Baltimore. I really really enjoyed it. Definitely. Uh, now things look you know differently as far as like changing teams back then. So how did you how did you end up getting from the Bullets to the Knicks? Okay. <laughs> that was a that was a process. Um the previous year of me getting traded, at the end of the year we told the uh, ownership that I wanted to be traded because I felt as though I you know I was wasted away there. Yeah. And that was just a ploy for the most part. Right. <laughs> you know, for another right. contract and so forth. And so forth. <laughs> right. And um, and so we got to a point where as, uh, the owner said something that I really didn't like. And, you know, I, I was a kind of arrogant kind of person, you know, not really arrogant, but I... Confident. I, 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 yeah, okay, go with it. <laughs> and so uh, I said, well, this is it then. I'm not coming, I'm not going back. And... So I went to Indiana. I went, you know, to talk to them. I just, first of all, I stopped playing. I mm. think we were playing the Knicks that night. And I and my and my agent called me and said, Earl, don't play. I said, well, what am I going to do? He right. said, just go home. Don't answer your phone. Just do not play. Right. So I said, okay, cool. So I did that. And about a day and a half later, I was on a flight to Indianapolis. And I looked at, saw the Indianapolis team play, and and uh, you know they had a, they had a real good team at that time as well, and um, so that was cool. I was getting ready to. I was going to say, well, listen, I could go to, I could play here, you know, right. like these guys, I could play here. And then I went to the locker rooms after the game, and and I saw the guys reaching up and and getting guns. <laughs> out of the little, out of their little compartments and whatnot. Uh-huh. So, uh, so I said, "Oh, shucks." Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> Maybe this ain't the place for me. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, uh, "I said, uh, let me go back and you know, we, you know, cell phones and that." So I had to find a payphone. I called my, I called my agent. I said, "Hey, Larry, I don't think this is going." Yeah, I don't know about this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. He said, well, I got another situation for you in New York. Mm. And I said, New York? I said, I don't want to go to New York. New York's, you know, we we like mortal enemies. You know, we was, <laughs> you know, 
And so I said, well, shucks, man. I said, I'm going to go back home. I want to think about it. So I came back to, you know, I came back to Philly, you know, mm-hmm. and I stayed in Philly for a couple of days and whatnot and talked to my mom. I talked to my, my good friend, Sonny Hill, and we started talking about, you know, all the things that I could do and couldn't do. And uh, one of the things I always felt when I got into the league, I was going to play 10 years. I was going to score 20,000 points. Mm. You know, I was going to win championships. Mm. And so that was, you know, that was my mindset. So, you know, we got with Sonny, and he said, well, you know, you're not going to be able to score 20,000 points, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was always a scorer, so, you know, that, that was going to hurt me anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, but after talking and, and rationalizing, I said, well, listen, you know, I'm from Philly. Mm-hmm. That means I can play ball anywhere, any kind of ball, and I'm going to try it. So I got in my car and drove to New York, and um, that was it. That's how I got there. <laughs> so, so what comes to mind when I say Rolls-Royce backcourt? What, what memories come to mind? Well, that's when I came to New York yet. <laughs> when I said I drove. <laughs> you drove up in a road. Okay. You started off on the right foot. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, the Rolls-Royce backcourt refers to Clyde and myself because <laughs> And not only did we have Rolls Royces at the time, because I had mine first, but <laughs> would Clyde agree with that? Would he agree that you had yours first, or he would say he had his first? Well, I came here with it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I ain't, it's, no, it's no speculation in that. But right, that's a fact. Clyde had nice. He had a nice old old Rolls Royce that fit his fit his persona as as Clyde. You know, uh-huh. you know the big wheel and thing with that. Um. You know, but, you know, we were, you know, we were competitors. Mm. We came into the league the same time. I think I was the number two draft. He might have been the number five draft or something like that. Mm. So it was always that competitiveness and whatnot. So when we got together, you know, we, you know, you know, this was Clyde's team. So mm. I had to take a little backseat and whatnot. But, you know, we got to a point where so we could coexist. You know, and you know, I still took a back seat, but I still coexisted. <laughs> um, and um, you know, we were like that. We were like we were we were good machines, real expensive machines that that work well together. And I, that's what I think about when you think about uh, when you talk about Rolls Royce backcourt. So, what was the toughest part of taking that that back seat of like fitting your your game in with, with Clyde? Probably the toughest part of it was when you're ready, you know, if, it, if you have your own team, mm. you understand the pace of the game right? and how, and how your team should be paced and when to take over and when not to take over. Mm. And that was the hardest part. When, when to take, you know, when I wanted to take over, I do. I shouldn't take over. I couldn't take over at this. Right. So I had to pull that back, and so I had to learn, you know, how to fit in to those different crevices, you know, to make the, you know, to make everything work. Hmm. So uh, a couple more questions. We'll uh, jump into. We got some viewer questions here. You all have some personalities. 
back in those those Knicks locker room. Like, did you know it at the time that you would have like future politicians and Phil Jackson, uh, Hall of Fame coach and Clyde Frazier's person? Did you like how what was that locker room like? It was a very professional locker room, mm. you know, and, you know, it was a veteran laden locker room and led. Um, you know, we had Willis there, of course, and mm-hmm. Busher, um, Bradley had been in. And, no, all these guys, I mean, Dick Barnett. I mean, you know, these are guys that had been through the wars. and whatnot. Right, professional guys. And um, when I first got in, I, I told Red Holtzman, you know, you don't have to worry about starting me, you know, because, you know, I, I work my way in. Right. And... I think that took a lot of pressure off everybody in terms of, you know, me coming in, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, I remember um, Mello's first, first uh, game in in New York. Mm -hmm. Mello took over 25 shots. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm saying, you know, and I'm sitting there looking at me and I'm thinking back to myself, you know, and when I came in my first game, in my first game, I must have taken maybe three or four shots. <laughs> right, not not quite twenty five. Everybody, you know, liked me, you know. <laughs> so I was looking at different times and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> the different eras. <laughs> let's see, let's jump into the chat here. We've got some viewer questions. Let's see, our first one comes from Basque. Bass says, "Question for the Pearl." Do you enjoy when NBA stars become the villain? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I, I don't know. I you know it depends on you know it depends on the team. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at a team that's soft, you know, you're gonna want to have somebody that's a villain on that team, right? You know, you want to have somebody to, to, to toughen up that team. Stand up to it, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you could go back and, you know, you know, to like the bad boys in Detroit mm-hmm. and whatnot. But you had, you know, but you go all the way up to, well, not all the way up, but you get to the Knicks of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, most of those guys were bad boys. <laughs> right. You know, when you talk about Oakley. And, Same enforcers, yeah. You know, you know, and you have to have, you know, Villains, you know, uh, in a lot of instances. I mean, you go all the way back to the the Celtics in their dynasty. I mean, they kept bringing in bad boys from Luskatov, and, and, you know, and all those guys, you know, and 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 it makes for the team to be a little more well rounded. It's like it's like last night looking at the Knicks and and and, um, and uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish the Knicks would have. Had would have had developed a bad boy, right? You know, earlier on, instead of trying to be a bad boy, in, waiting, yeah, in the last game, you know what I mean? Yeah, waiting a, a too little, too late. Exactly, you yeah. know, yeah. So yeah, you know, I like I I like to see the villain, but I like to I like to see the villain being um, used in the right way, right? And I I was. Guessing they're asked about as far as like, you know, Trey Young kind of leaning into that villain role and he's, you know, talking back to the crowd at, at MSG and all that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, 
I would talk. I would probably talk back to him too if you talk about my hair like they do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to get him back for that. You can't stand yeah, for that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing in the nutshell is that you know you play to the crowd. If the crowd, if you're a villain when you come into into a, an opposing arena. Mm. You know, and if they like you, you know they'll show that they like you. If they don't yeah. like you, then you know, let you know. act accordingly. Right. Right. Let's see. Next question we got here is from Luke. Luke says, Who are some guys who have come after the Pearl that are his favorites? I guess like some of your uh, favorite players to to watch or keep track of. Wow. There's there's so many of those guys. I mean, we could start with. um, (laughs) We could start with um, Jordan. Mm. Um, you know, um, we could go. I mean, Patrick was another guy I liked to look at. Uh, um, uh, Miller, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Miller, Reggie Miller. Reggie uh, Miller. You come all the way up to you know up to these th- times. I mean, certainly um, uh, LeBron, mm-hmm. um, Steph. Um, I like this. I like to look at Marbury play. When he mm-hmm. was Stephon Marbury, oh yeah, um, you know there's there's so many guys that play the game. I mean, you, you take Lillard in his in his performance the other night. I yeah, mean, you know you can't help but admire this. And here's a guy that you know he gets due, but he really probably doesn't get his total due. Right, he's still kind of overlooked when you think in terms of all the other players that you like look elite at. Elite players, before. yeah. <laughs> I, w- I won't even start naming names in that regard. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, there's th- th- so many guys that played the game and played the game well. And my my whole thing is not that you don't have to be a real superstar, mm. you know, to play the game well, right. be respected in the game. Right. And, um, you know, we, we've got some of those guys that, that you know, like that. And, and we've always had guys like that. Mm. And I'm just happy to be able to sit, be able to sit here and have seen guys throughout the years, so I can I can really make comparisons right. in the guys that that I've seen throughout my lifetime. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not just a young guy coming into the league. <laughs> right, you got some perspective. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see. Next question here, going from three Mac. Three Mac says, "What was it like playing with the late great Wes Unsell?" No man, it was great, man. Uh, Wes was you know, not only just a great player, you know, he was he was a gentleman, mm-hmm. and um, he was the guy. I remember my first year, you know, I kept I kept trying to get rebounds and whatnot, <laughs> and Wes came Wes came back in my, my in my second year. So I never even went underneath the basket anymore. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can give up on that. Oh, man, now here I am, you know, <laughs> with those overhead passes and things like that. Uh, but, you know, I enjoyed playing with the Bullets because, you know, not only West, but also with Gus Johnson. And those two mm-hmm. guys were just horses. You know, they fought, they bet each other who would get the most rebounds and so forth and so on. And, um, uh, you know, as guards, you know, myself, Kevin Lockery, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so forth, and Fred Carter, all the, we were recipients of all that stuff, right? 
So, you know, we just, we baited them on. Yo, you could get caught in rebounds. And you <laughs> right, you let him have it. Yeah, but Wes was, Wes was uh, totally my guy, and uh, I, I really appreciated him. Mm -hmm. Let's see. We got one more uh, from Bash. Says, How does it feel to have the coldest nickname in the NBA? I mean, you got, I feel like the thing is, you've got so many great nicknames. Like You got Earl the Pearl, you got Black <laughs> Jesus, you got Thomas Edison, the Lord's Prayer. What the? How many am I missing? Oh, well, we got some that we we can't say over the air. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll say well, those behind the scenes. Uh. Well, you know it's cool. I mean, you know, most people will, will you know think of the pearl and whatnot, mm -hmm. and um, you know how I got that nickname was uh, my senior year in college. Uh, a guy wrote a column, um, and of course, I was scoring a lot. And I think I had like, my first game was like 33, and then I had 68, and then 58, and 50. So I was averaging close to 50 points a game. Mm -hmm. And a guy wrote a column and he listed the scores. And it, the caption of the column was, These are Earl's Pearls. Oh, okay. And that's where so, it came from. You know, in, in the South, everything gets to be short. So that got to be Earl the Pearl. Earl the Pearl. <laughs> And, uh, but it's, it's cool. I mean, I, you know, and you know, you're right. It's a cold nickname. I mean, a pearl is cold. You yeah. Know, not like ice, but it's Carol. <laughs> <laughs> where, Lord's Prayer. Where did that one come from? That's a great one too. Hey, somebody wrote me and told me that one. <laughs> They're calling you the Lord's Prayer. I said, oh, really? Okay. Well, <laughs> I know I always attribute a lot of stuff because, um, when I was coming up, I, 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 I used to shoot baskets. We mm -hmm. had little peach baskets. First we had baskets that sat on the, on the ground. Mm -hmm. and then we had, we nailed another basket up, up on the, um, on this lot, mm -hmm. uh, empty lot with the, where we went to vacation Bible school. Okay. So I wasn't playing, but I used to shoot it. So I always say that my game was already already divine because I came from, you know, a Bible school. Okay, that's where so, that's where you got your start so from. Stuff that comes up, you know, has something to do with 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 uh, religion. Okay, that that explains the uh, the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> see, I think we we have one more question here. Oh, wait, what the. Where do you weigh in as far as like some of the the great all time backcourts? Like of course yourself and Clyde, you got Steph and Clay Thompson, you know Russ and Bradley Beal right now. Uh, where, where, where do you, where would you put the the Rolls Royce backcourt? Well, you, you know you could ask Clyde, and you could say you, we we go down from that. Okay, <laughs> we ask us who's next. You right. Know? Okay. Who, so who's second to the Rolls Royce back? <laughs> You know, it's you know, you know, Magic had guys that he played. Mm -hmm. He played with uh, uh, Byron Scott and Byron Scott, but there was also um, oh, he's dang on. I can't get, and I, I know him right off the top of my head. Uh, married to Debbie Allen. Um, oh, uh, Norm Nixon. Norm Nixon. Yeah, you know that was. I thought that was a pretty good background mm -hmm. back in the day. I mean. You know, it all depends on what happens to you. You know, okay. um, you know, our backcourt was, you know, they were 
we were probably the first two, um, only backcourt that made the starting all-star team. Right. So yeah, definitely. So that, you know, that, you know, there you go. I don't know. Mm. You know, guys, I just enjoy the game. I enjoy seeing the game. And I enjoy seeing the game played the right way. Mm. And we have a lot of guys that have done that. And um, I, I think that we're all really, you know, fortunate because, you know, this is something that's, you know, well, at least for me, I've been involved with so, for so long and it's been such a large part of my life. And it's the same for, you know, everybody else who's played. And not only that, all the happiness or tears mm-hmm. or whatnot that mm-hmm. that uh, guys that have played have given the people out there that have listened and watched this here, you know, this thing called basketball. So, mm-hmm. oh. God and uh, one last question, we'll let you go. We uh, appreciate you won't keep too much more of your time, but it's a question we ask all our legends getting together season two of our playlist. So what uh, what are you listening to either when you're in the car, around the house, around the office? What uh, what, what kind of tunes? It can be old school, new school. What uh, what are you listening to these days? Well, mostly old school because was <laughs> because I'm doing school now. I just got a school that's named after me that's opening up this year. So okay, I'm doing I'm doing all the old school stuff now. Okay, uh, I want I want folks out there to, to at least look look out for the school. It's the first of its kind. Mm. It's uh, it's called Earl Monroe New Renaissance Basketball School. Okay, so high school. And so. Uh, you know, we will be, you know, involved in everything around basketball from mm. from your trainers to your statisticians to all the other things that are involved with basketball. every part. Of- and uh, you'd be surprised at, uh, you know, the type of things that, um, you know, you could get involved with with this here. So we're the first of its kind. We open up in September. Okay. Uh, and um, you know, check is that it. in Philly or New York or in New York in the Bronx? Okay, Boogie okay. the Bronx. <laughs> Boogie. Okay, so uh, why are you getting that together? Yeah, give one or two songs. Uh, why why are you getting getting your school together? You said school in September, so we're definitely way of the world keep an eye for that. Okay, some 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 Earth, Wind, and Fire on there. No doubt, no doubt, okay. no doubt. You know, I'm, I was a big Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, per you know person and. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, you know, we kind of came up with, you know, guys from the Motown era and so forth and so on. So I still kind of lock into all those things. Besides, you know, I I was in the music business for 35 years. So, <laughs> so you know, it, 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 it brings back a lot of memories. Definitely. So you, you just had a, a hand in a little bit of everything. Well, yeah, I think, you know, and I thank basketball for it. Hmm. Definitely. Well, we thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Earl the Pearl Monroe, for taking your time uh, and joining us today. Well, it's been so wonderful. Man. You know, I didn't think I'd enjoy it this much, but uh, I really have enjoyed it. And uh, thanks to you and thanks to everybody else there. Um, hopefully, we can do it again. Definitely. Absolutely. We'll uh, keep an eye out. Have to uh, have you back when the school opens up. You said September? September. Okay. We can, uh, we'll, we'll definitely make that happen. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, appreciate it. Thank Have you. You too now.
right? And that'll do it for this week's Legends Live. As you know, we've got new episodes live every Thursday uh, on the NBA Alumni's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. Like to remind viewers, you can watch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live, or you can catch the audio replay to our conversations by searching for legends live wherever you get uh, your podcast. I'd like to give a big thank you to Earl the Pearl Monroe for joining us today. A big thank you to you for watching, to Julio, to Bridget, to Aaron behind the scenes, and we will see you next Thursday. Oh, my God.